Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes. To keep in touch with us, use our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, which are all at Q and Review. That's C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or get in touch via information at qandreview.com. That's information at c-u-e-a-n-d-r-e-v-i-e-w.com. Please like and share our podcast and give us any constructive feedback. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 4th of October 2022, from the sports section, I worry about Barisic. Chris Sutton in Mo Salah Liverpool vs Rangers prediction by Ewan Peyton Rangers have nothing to lose playing against Liverpool tonight. That's the view of Chris Sutton. The former Celtic star does admit the Reds are favourites for the Champions League group game, but he isn't ruling out Giovanni van Bronckhurst's main completely. That said, Sutton has highlighted his concerns about hot and cold left-back Borna Barisic going up against Mo Salah. Jurgen Klopp's men have endured a stuttering start to the campaign, winning only two league matches to date. Salah's lack of form, for his standards, has contributed to the poor run. But Sutton does reckon the world-class attacker could be the difference maker at Anfield tonight, especially if he's up against Barisic. He told BBC Five Live, It's going to be really difficult. They had a strong performance at the weekend. Ryan Kent returning to Liverpool, he's been a good signing for Rangers, but doesn't get enough goals and assists for the player of his quality. They lost four to Ajax, three home to Napoli, but this isn't such a daunting prospect as Liverpool in previous seasons. They've got to feel that, and they've basically got nothing to lose going to Anfield. Nobody expects them to get the result. Kent is a danger man. They've got issues at the back. Ben Davies, a former Liverpool player, played at the weekend alongside Conor Goldson, but I worry about Barisic. He has great delivery, but most Salah going up against him will have a field day. But Rangers have to view it as a shot to nothing. Go there, play with confidence, and hope to catch Liverpool on a downer. I still fancy Liverpool to win the game, but Rangers are capable. As told to Ewan Peyton. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 4th of October 2022, from the sports section. Celtic are stuttering as Charlie Nicholas worries about RB Leipzig tie. By Ewan Payton. Former Celtic ace Charlie Nicholas says he's seen enough of his old team over the years to know that they're stuttering at the moment. The ex-hoops ace reckons for the first time in a long time under Ange Postlicoglu that questions have been asked about his team selection. With Cameron Carter-Vickers currently out of action through injury, Nicholas believes his old team look vulnerable at the back. He reckons this poses, co- this poses cause for concern ahead of tomorrow's match with RB Leipzig. He wrote in the Scottish Daily Express, When Celtic are going forward, I feel more comfortable. They played well in the 1-1 draw with Shakhtar and Warsaw. However, I have watched Celtic enough to know there is a stuttering element to, to them at the moment. There is not the same fluency and rhythm. Postelicoglu is not getting what he wants from his team right now. For the first time since the early weeks of his parkhead reign, he is having to question whether he's getting the balance right.
The centre-back pairing of Stephen Wells and Maurice Jens had looked vulnerable in their last two league games, whilst Joseph Juranovic and Joe Hart have made bad mistakes. Defensively, I am concerned about the Leipzig game. That's why I take a draw without hesitation. The German side's movement up front could be too much for Celtic. Attacker Christopher Nukunku is unpredictable and a major danger. I remember his performance against Rangers in last season's Europa League semi-final, when he missed a few chances, but his pace is brutally quick. Striker Timo Werner is a fabulous player too. Depending on which centre-halves are fit, Celtic may have to play 5 or 10 yards deeper. There are already major concerns about how much Cameron Carter-Vickers is missed when he's not in the team, and if he doesn't shake off his knot by tomorrow, they could be exposed. And that article was written by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 4th of October 2022, from the sports section, Gary O'Neill unlikely to replace Chris Wilder as Middlesbrough manager. Gary O'Neill is unlikely to return to Middlesbrough as Chris Wilder's replacement as the club searches for its sixth boss in less than five years. Former Borough midfielder O'Neill, currently interim manager at Bournemouth, is understood to have come under consideration when the Teesiders drew up an initial list of potential candidates and was swiftly installed among the bookmakers' favourites following Wilder's departure on Monday. However, the PA news agency understands Chairman Steve Gibson is looking elsewhere, with Rob Edwards, whose 11 game reign at Wallingford came to an untimely end last week, featuring prominently in the current thinking. Borough have also been linked with Chelsea coach Anthony Barry, who was touted for the vacancy at Huddersfield last month, and Nottingham Forest head coach Steve Cooper, whose presence at the city ground has come under scrutiny following a difficult start to life in the Premier League which continued with a 4-0 defeat at Leicester on Monday evening. O'Neill's name was raised with the club of considering up-and-coming talent. Gibson has previously turned to the likes of Gareth Southgate, Aitor Karanka, Gary Monk and Jonathan Woodgate, with mixed results, after opting for experience in the shape of Neil Warnock and Wilder in the last two incumbents. However, the Riverside Stadium hierarchy have noted the negative reaction of fans on social media to mention of the 39-year-old, he made 120 appearances for the club between August 2007 and January 2011, with relations souring as he stayed due to a close. O'Neill admitted in an interview following his departure that he had deliberately picked up a 10th booking of the season during a 4-1 Premier League defeat at Bolton in April 2009 to ensure he was suspended for two games and could therefore watch the US Masters golf on television as his teammates fought a survival battle. Borough took four points from the fixtures he sat out, but were ultimately relegated at the end of the campaign. And that article was unattributed. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 4th of October 2022, from the sports section, Liverpool vs Rangers minute silence for Indonesia football disaster victims confirmed. By Ewan Payton. Rangers have confirmed that a minute of silence will take place prior to tonight's match with Liverpool. Anfield will fall silent as a mark of respect for the victims of the tragic event at Kanjurahan Stadium, Indonesia, over the weekend. A riot took place inside the stadium, which sadly saw 125 people lose their lives. The Ibrox Club tweeted, There will be a minute of silence at tonight's match for the victims of that tragedy that occurred in the Kanjurahan Stadium, Indonesia. 
We send our sincere condolences to the victims, their families and all those who have been affected. And that article is by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 4th of October 2022, from the sports section, Marco Rose on his admiration for Celtic, Ange Postelicoglu's principles and their Japanese danger men, by Graham McGarry. Analysis of the opposition is a vital yet sometimes laborious part of a head coach's role, but Marco Rose has been enjoying that aspect of his job this week as he brushes up on Celtic, being hugely impressed by the attacking style of Ange Postelicoglu's side. The RB Leipzig manager has pinpointed the Japanese players Ryu Hatate and Kyogo as the main danger men within the Celtic ranks, warning his team about the potency of Kyogo in front of goal in particular. He has also been impressed by Celtic captain Callum McGregor and has braced his players for the attacking approach the Scottish champions are certain to adopt even playing away from home in the Champions League. They have a team which is very active on the pitch off the ball, with a lot of pace, Rose said. They are very determined. It's fun watching them because they are very attacking with a clear idea. They are hard working. They have two or three lads from Japan. It's fun watching them. They're a very active team against whom we have to defend well. We accept the fight. Of course, we will highlight such actions. It's always how important those guys are for Celtic. They're small, very agile, very good on one-on-ones. I had a Japanese player with me in the past, Takumi Mino. He symbolises the great mentality they have and they can play football very well, actually. This is the first match and this is the most important one because it is next. Then we will travel there and play the second leg in Glasgow. Celtic have been a great team effort off the ball and in possession. Furuhashi, for example, is very dangerous in front of goal and they have other good players. In position 6, McGregor has been doing a great job. He can relieve pressure and in position 8, they're playing very clearly. It's just a great team. They and other lads can make the difference. Rosie's admiration for this Celtic team stems from his respect for their manager as he praised Postelicoglu's football principles. I admire him, he said. His idea of football is very exciting. I like to watch Celtic because they are attacking. They play similar to us, the way they interpret football. They like to put opponents under pressure off the ball. The way they win balls. The transition is fast with great counter-pressing. They are very aggressive in possession with 4-3-3. They have clear structures and ideas, but also with a clear objective to be very attacking. That is why he has been doing a great job at a great club. Celtic are not a team that think defensively or about parking the bus in front of goal. It will be our task to put them in difficulties. We will find spaces and we will try to take advantage. Celtic in certain phases will try to attack and press us high. The match in the Red Bull Arena is a hugely significant one in the battle for qualification to the knockout stages of the tournament, with RB Leipzig without a point from their opening two matches and Celtic sitting in a single point from their draw with Shakhtar Donetsk. Rose acknowledges that the double header between his side and Celtic over the next week could be pivotal and that the match in Germany is a must win for his team. In football, everything is possible. Everything happens quickly, he said. If you don't win any points, you don't get into the next round, but we have a home match in a full stadium. 
We are looking forward to the Champions League anthem. We want to stay in this competition. We must show the right attitude and leave the pitch as the winner. If we show a good performance with lots of energy, power, passion and are brave, the probability is pretty high that we will reward ourselves with three points. We still will not have made it into the next round, but we won't be eliminated. If we don't get three points, it will be very difficult for us. And that article is written by Graham McGarry. From Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 4th of October 2022, from the sports section, Liverpool 2, Rangers 0. Rangers are outclassed in defeat as Liverpool ease to Champions League win at Anfield, by Christopher Jack. Sometimes you just have to hold your hands up. This was one of those nights for Rangers. It wasn't as gutless as the loss to Ajax. It wasn't as embarrassing as the old firm defeat to Celtic, or a case of what might have been like being overcome by Napoli. The Champions League continues to be a steep learning curve for Rangers though, and Giovanni van Bronckhorst's side were taught a harsh lesson at Anfield. There is no shame in admitting that Rangers are just not at this level, and the manner of this defeat, being so second best physically, tactically and mentally, was another, another reminder about just where the club and the team are in a European sense. Goals from Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mohamed Salah settled this grippy fixture. Rangers are pointless and goalless, and the Champions League campaign they waited so long to experience will be over soon enough. The return against Jurgen Klopp's side in the meetings with Ajax and Napoli are largely irrelevant, perhaps even an inconvenience. Now, as Van Bronckers seeks to find solutions to his domestic issues, in that regard, his opposite number knows how he feels. The mood in the air at Liverpool's pre-match press conference on Monday was intriguing and indicative. There was a feeling left to a team in turmoil, a side suffering a crisis of confidence. The issues that Klopp addressed were all relative, of course. His side may not look and feel exactly how he wishes it to at present, but a series of stumbles in the Premier League, a run which leaves them already out of contention for the title, didn't fill anyone in blue. This was an occasion to savour, rather than fear, but a glance at the names that lined up here only served to underline the size of the challenge that faced Rangers. This is the best team they will play all season, and the finest that they have come up against for quite some time. An attacking line that was headed by Darwin Nunes was supplemented by Salah, Diogo Jota and Luis Diaz. Yet it was one of Klopp's defenders, albeit in a loose sense, that opened the scoring inside seven minutes. There was almost a sense of inevitability about it. From the moment that Ben Davies bundled into the back of Nunes and conceded a free kick, it seemed only a matter of time before the ball would be dispatched into the net behind Al McGregor. Alexander-Arnold did so with power and precision. McGregor scrambled to get across his goal, but the strike was so perfectly placed that he never stood a chance, as Liverpool's right-back was just the kind of moment worthy of the occasion and the stage. It was just the start that Rangers didn't want and couldn't afford. Respite arrived at the break, but this was a long, difficult evening for Van Bronckhorst's side, as he chased the red shirts and their shadows throughout. At times, it felt like Liverpool had an extra man in the park. Whenever Rangers got close, it was only for split seconds as the ball was shifted with mesmerising speed and a sense of purpose that Van Bronckhorst's side just couldn't live with. It was quite the spectacle at one of the great theatres of the game. The Rangers fans made a valid and successful effort to make themselves heard as Klopp acted as the conductor of his orchestra on the touchline. 
Liverpool were composed and comfortable in everything they did. When Rangers had the ball, the lack of quality and composure was evident and repeatedly exposed as they failed to get any foothold in the fixture. It was all but done after 45 minutes. The one goal deficit was not a true reflection of the flow of the game or the gulf between the sides as McGregor pulled off a string of saves to keep Rangers in it longer than they could have hoped for. Nunes would have returned to the home dressing room bewildered that he hadn't scored. Once again, McGregor justified his selection and proved that he's still capable of producing at the highest level. A save low to his right denied Salah after 15 minutes and Diaz was foiled later in the half. In between, Nunes really should have scored after Henderson scooped a delightful ball over the top and found the striker in the left channel. It was turning into one of those nights for Nunes. Another effort from a tight angle failed to find the target and his final one of the half was superbly stopped by a strong hand from McGregor. Those interventions ensured Rangers were technically still in it. Liverpool hadn't blown Van Bronckhurst's side away in the clinical fashion that Ajax did in match day one, but the difference in levels was just as stark at Anfield as it was in Amsterdam. Within minutes of the restart, Liverpool doubled their lead. For all their incisive play, it was another set piece that unlocked Rangers as Leon King bundled Diaz over. The cop chanted Salah's name as he stood at the edge of the area. It soon celebrated as the Egyptian fire, fired his penalty straight down the middle and beat a, dis- a despairing McGregor. A fingerstep save to divert a Jota strike over the bar continued the theme of the night for the keeper. Ultimately, it was to prove in vain. The clock in the corner ticked away as Liverpool attacked time after time. The game was won and only the margin of victory was left to be determined in the closing stages. The finale would have been a rousing had Costas Tsimikas not scooped a Ryby Matando cross off the line. In the end, it was a mere footnote on the night. That will be the case for this match in terms of the campaign for Rangers. They are, after all, just not at this level. And that report was by Christopher Jack. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 4th of October 2022, from the sports section, Rangers Europa League final viewing figures Less than Conference League showpiece, UEFA reveal, by Mark Walker. UEFA President Alexander Seferin has revealed more people watched the Europa Conference League final last season than Rangers Europa League final with Eintracht Frankfurt. Rangers reached the the final last term of what is regarded as the most important competition in European football outside the Champions League. They were to eventually fall to an agonising penalty shootout defeat to the German side in the final in Seville, with tens of thousands of Rangers and Eintracht fans invading the Spanish city. In contrast, the Europa Conference League has been undermined by managers complaining about the competition and some even playing weakened teams. However, UEFA Chief Seferin has just revealed the viewing figures for the final in Tirana, Albania, where Roma defeated Feyenoord, were higher than those watched that watched Rangers lose to the Bundesliga side and he maintains that that's proof that the third competition is hugely popular. Seferin said, I'm satisfied with the way the Conference League and Nations League have gone. Some people have criticised the Europa Conference League, but now they're telling us that we have to hold it in bigger stadiums. For example, last season's final had a higher viewership than the Europa League final. In an article was by Mark Walker. Evening Times Sport. October 5. 
Ajax boss admits we are not good enough. Report by Mark Walker. Ajax boss Alfred Schroeder has accepted they are battling it out with Rangers for a Europa League spot after admitting Napoli and Liverpool are on a different level to them. The Dutch champions suffered their biggest ever home European defeat when they were crushed 6-1 by the Italian side. They are three points ahead of Rangers, whom they hammered 4-0 in the opening game in the group, but they still have to go to Ibrox for the final game in the section next month. And the Amsterdam Cubs manager reckons it's almost impossible to compete with both the Italians and Anfield Giants, echoing what Rangers boss Giovanni van Bronckhorst said about playing in the Champions League after that opening game defeat in the Netherlands. After the game, Schroeder told Dutch TV, if you look at Napoli and Liverpool, you see that they are clubs who are too much for us. We are not good enough as a team at the moment. We have a lot of good players, but we're not good enough as a team. I can point to the players sold, but that doesn't matter now. The only thing I said before the game is that we had to be very brave on the ball. We were not. We were not good on the ball. And then you get into trouble against Napoli when you do that. If we are realistic, it is very hard for us to qualify now from this group. We have to go to Napoli next week and win. We will have to take a completely different approach because this result is unworthy of Ajax. We cannot accept that. We have to analyse this and look at what is best for Ajax. Ajax star Steven Berghaus admitted they had no answer to the Serie A leaders and he said, Napoli have outclassed us. This result is unacceptable. We have to raise the level and Napoli have made it clear to us that we are a long way from what is required. I am convinced that our team has the qualities to do it, but we have not shown it here. It is disappointing and frustrating because losing 6-1 is unacceptable for us. Report by Mark Walker. Evening Times Sport, October 5. Callum McGregor looks for ruthless streak. Report by Graeme McGarry. Celtic have had their fair share of plaudits for the way the team has handled the step up to the Champions League. But ultimately, those warm words will provide cold comfort if they fail to make it to the knockout stages of the competition. That is the view of Captain Callum McGregor who says that Celtic now have to allow their actions to speak louder than those words by adding a ruthless edge to their game and in turn get the points they will require from the double header against RB Leipzig. For McGregor, these games against the Bundesliga outfit will be hugely pivotal as they seek to grasp a qualification spot alongside likely Group F winners Real Madrid. Said McGregor, when you look at the group now, if you get a positive result, then you think of the two home games and it sets you up really well. So we've had a bit of glamour at the start 
against the reigning holders of the competition. And then you take a breath and think, well, we're here, we've done well. The first and second games are done with, we've done well in both. There's no reason why, if we do a lot of good things, we can be successful in the group. Hopefully, I'm not just saying it as words, that we can now go out and deliver it on the pitch, also as a group. We feel good about it, but ultimately we've now got to do it on the pitch. McGregor understands that the first taste of Champions League football will have been an eye-opener for many of his teammates, but he has been impressed by the way they have handled that step up so far. He said, when you play in it for the first time, everything is so much quicker. You have to process information really quickly. Your touch has to be on the money every time you get the ball. It's a real test for players when they first go in, but I think the guys have handled it so well, and the gaffer has to take a lot of credit for that with the way he sets the team up. He makes it really clear. There's no grey area in terms of what you should be doing with or without the ball. And that makes the game simple for the players. Then they have to bring their quality and personality into the game. But the gaffer has got to take a lot of credit for that in terms of the way he sets the team up. McGregor showed his own ruthless streak in order to secure three crucial Premiership points on Saturday against Motherwell, hauling down Ross Tierney as he burst through on Joe Hart in the dying stages of the game to pick up a straight red card. The Celtic skipper said he had no choice but to do it, and that the points were more important than his resultant suspension for the visit to St Johnston on Saturday. Yes, he said, I did have to do it. As you turn and you see Welsh probably not far enough out across in terms of being connected to the back four, maybe he gets there, I don't know. But with two minutes to go, you can't take the chance. Somebody puts it in the net and it's 2-2. You don't recover with two minutes to go. Maybe if it's 40 to 50 minutes into the game, you take the chance. Maybe Joe will save it or something doesn't come of it, and you've still got time to recover in the game. But with three or four minutes left, if he puts it in the net, you've dropped points, and it's two each, and you put yourself on the back foot. So it's a calculated risk, and sometimes you have to do that in football, where the team comes first. Football's a team game, and you have to sacrifice for the team if you want to be successful. There will become a moment where a player in every scenario of the season will have to take one for the team. That's where we were at the weekend. So you've got to do it. And it's about the team. Report by Graeme McGarry. Evening Times Sport, October 5. Head coach of Glasgow clan returns to role. Report by Sarah Campbell. The chairman of Glasgow clan has concluded an internal investigation into the club's controversial decision to sign a player reportedly accused of rape in the USA. The Glasgow Times previously reported that the head coach and chief executive of the ice hockey team 
had been suspended after the decision took a dramatic U-turn last week. In a statement, Chairman Neil Black said, I have now concluded my internal investigation into the events, which led to the suspension of both Malcolm Cameron and Gareth Chalmers on Thursday 29 September. As a result of my findings, the Glasgow clan are with immediate effect making the following changes to the management and reporting structure of the on-ice activities of the clan. Malcolm Cameron will return to his role as head coach, reporting to a newly appointed clan general manager, whose role and appointment replaces that of the current clan chief executive. We hope to be able to confirm the clan GM appointment in the coming weeks. In the meantime, the head coach will now report directly to the clan chairman until the clan GM appointment is confirmed. The club sincerely apologises to anyone upset by recent events. The clan announced the signing of Finnish defenseman Lassie Yusebverti on Thursday but two hours later a further statement confirmed he would no longer be joining the club. The 33-year-old was reportedly arrested in the United States over allegations of rape in 2013, but allegedly fled to his native Finland with no intention of returning, according to the assistant district attorney who handled the case. Following the news, Glasgow clan fans raised more than £1,700 for a rape crisis charity in an effort to turn a negative into a positive. Report by Sarah Campbell. Evening Times Sport, October 5. Motherwell manager hails his side's five-star performance against Ross County. Manager Steve Hamill hailed Motherwell's five-star performance at Ross County and claimed his side had been threatening to do it for several weeks. Kevin Van Veen scored a hat-trick, with Callum Slattery and Joe Efford also finding the net against the Staggies for the five-goal win. He said, It's not our best performance of the season. I think our level of performance has been high most games this season. We probably created more chances in other games, but the difference is how clinical we were. It is something we highlight and work to being clinical in the final third, and it's good to see it coming. We highlighted to the staff that we have played well most games this season, but if the results did not match that, and the points on the board did not match that performance. There is only so long we can say that. Things would have to change. If results like that did not start coming, we might need to be more pragmatic. But we want to stick to the style we have, and some of the goals we scored were magnificent. Van Veen opened the scoring from the penalty spot after 25 minutes and Motherwell went 2-0 up five minutes into the second half when Callum Slattery fired in a powerful low drive. Van Veen scored the third and Efford made it four in the 59th minute 
with a thunderous drive from 18 yards before Van Vane secured his hat-trick two minutes from time. Ross County boss Malky Mulcahy said he was embarrassed by his team's performance after they were beaten so easily, and he continued, I want to apologise to our fans for having to watch. I am embarrassed by my own performance, so I want to give an apology from me to them. They have been fantastic since I got here, and the backing they have given the team, and they had to watch that second half. We started the first half reasonably well, and the penalty came against the run of play. We were quite attack-minded and got in high areas of the pitch, but the ball seems to be rolling the other side of the post. But the second half was awful, and that is something we have to address. I am deeply disappointed. Evening Time Sport, October 5. McCoyst and Brutal Assessment of Rangers Champions League Hopes Report by Ewan Payton Ali McCoyst reckons that Rangers' ambitions of progressing in the Champions League are dead in the water. The Ibrox legend insists their hopes of finishing in the top two of their group look over and Moikoist reckons it may even be a push for his old side to finish third and qualify for the Europa League after the new year. Van Bronckhurst's men went down 2-0 at Anfield last night and the result left Rangers rooted to the bottom of their group having lost all three of their games so far. Ajax are only three points ahead of the Ibrox club on three points but they have already defeated Rangers 4-0 in the groups. Their remaining matches include Liverpool at home, Napoli away and then Ajax at Ibrox too. So while nothing is totally out of the question at the halfway stage, McCoy's cannot envisage European progression for his club. He told TalkSport, It's interesting. I'll be brutally honest. I don't think we have any chance of qualification from the group. I'm more half full than any guy you'll meet, but I'm realistic. But if you harbour any hopes of finishing third and getting into the Europa League, I think you have to take something from the Liverpool game at home. Let's be brutally honest. Going to Napoli, look at them. They battered Liverpool 4-1 so that in itself will be a big ask. Because of the result and poor performance in Amsterdam, I think it means you have to beat Ajax at home, which will be difficult, but it's a possibility. But you'll have to pick up a point from somewhere else, and as crazy as it may seem, the best chance of doing that is probably Liverpool at home. The manager will be thinking about the effect on the team if they give us six or seven, which they are capable of doing. But at the same time, you have to balance that with, I need a point here. I would expect them to go back with a back four. They'll have to play their cards and gamble and get one more attacking player on the pitch. Report by Ewan Payton. Evening Times Sport, October 5. Ex-England star, Singles out Alan McGregor. Report by Ewan Payton. 
Alan McGregor was in inspired form at Anfield last night. The Rangers keeper may have conceded too, as Rangers lost in the Champions League group match. However, if it had not been for the former Scotland number one, the light blues could have been handed a doing at the hands of the Reds. McGregor, on his 105th European appearance for the Ibrox side, made top save after top save. He appeared to have his own ongoing battle with Darwin Nunes. Watching McGregor in action, it was hard to believe that he was deemed number two in the opening weeks of the season, with John McLaughlin clearly the preferred choice for Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. But given his stunning performance at Anfield, it is unlikely he'll lose the gloves any time soon. His showing earned special praise from ex-Liverpool and England star Adam Lalana in the aftermath of the match. The Brighton star reckons it would have been 5 nothing without him between the sticks and he told BBC's Five Live, It was extremely comfortable for Liverpool and I was a bit disappointed with how Rangers approached the game especially after their good result at the weekend. I thought they'd play with a bit more aggression and on the front foot, but it was total domination from Liverpool. It can be intimidating, but maybe it was a perfect game for Liverpool after a few that didn't go their way. It could have been five or six for Liverpool had it not been for McGregor, and I thought he was incredible. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport October 5 Rangers given chilling warnings by Napoli Star Report by Mark Walker Napoli Star Giacomo Rasparadori insists they have not even reached top forum despite annihilating Ajax in a chilling warning for Rangers. Rangers have still got to go to Italy to play a rampant Napoli side who have now scored 13 goals in just three games after thumping wins over Liverpool, Rangers and Ajax who were destroyed 6-1 in Amsterdam. Giovanni van Bronckhurst's side travelled to Naples in three weeks and face a daunting challenge against the Serie A winners. But Napoli and Italy striker Raspadori, who scored twice in the Johan Cruyff Arena, reckons they can get even better playing Rangers. He said, the secret of Napoli is the strength of the squad. I think the most important thing is this team continues to grow every week and get stronger. We can definitely still improve, and I think there is more to come from us. This was a great match against a good team in Ajax, but we have to think we have not reached our best. There are still things that we could have done better. We all have the desire and enthusiasm to improve. I think you have to credit the manager. He gives all of us so much confidence. When I came here, he made it clear he wanted to sign me at all costs and he has helped me show my qualities. But the truth is, 
I am only playing well just now because of the strength of this team. They are the ones who are helping me, and I think I am gaining more confidence with each passing game. We have to concentrate on the next game now at the weekend, and forget about this one. Report by Mark Walker Evening Times Sport, October 5 Van Dyke fires Liverpool teammates' warning Report by Ewan Payton Former Celtic defender Virgil van Dijk has warned his Ibrox teammates that Rangers will be a different animal altogether next week at Ibrox. The Dutchman strolled through the Reds' 2-0 home victory over Van Bronckhorst's side last night. However, the experienced centre-back has told his fellow Liverpool stars that next week's tie will be a different test and he also surprisingly admitted that he's never taken to the field at Ibrox. He told the media, They will have the fans there, so it will make a big difference, especially at the beginning of the game. I don't think Napoli scored until the 55th minute, so that shows you something. It's going to be tough, especially in the beginning, but it's also a game we should look forward to after this weekend. I never played at Ibrox during my time in Scotland, but going back to Scotland, I have great memories there. I had two seasons there and loved my time there. It will be good to be back, but the focus will be on winning the game and playing a good game. Their keeper kept them in the game at Anfield, but we found a way. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport, October 6 Van Dyke tips Scots kid Calvin Ramsey to make Liverpool breakthrough. Report by Matthew Lindsay Virgil van Dyke has predicted Scottish right-back Calvin Ramsey will make his Liverpool breakthrough soon if he continues to learn from English international Trent Alexander-Arnold in training. Ramsey has not featured for the Arnfield Giants since his record-breaking £4.2 million transfer from Aberdeen back in June. The 19-year-old has been sidelined with a back injury and Reds manager Jurgen Klopp has been wary about playing his summer signing due to his age. However, the Scotland under-21 player was named on the Liverpool bench for the first time on Tuesday night when the six-time European champions played Rangers in the Champions League on Merseyside. Former Celtic centre-half Van Dyke, who helped last season's beaten finalists to record a comfortable 2-0 triumph and take a step closer to the last 16, has been impressed by the youngster. The Netherlands captain believes he will benefit from working with Alexander-Arnold, who opened the scoring with a stunning first-half free kick and will join him in the first team at some point soon. He said, I have seen him more outside of the training pitch than on the training pitch, but so far what I have known of him is that he is a good boy. He wants to work. He is learning each and every day 
from one of the best right-backs in the country. He learns how we want to play, what we expect from a right-back in our way of playing. He needs time, but his time will come. I am not worried, but he has been very positive towards everyone. Meanwhile, Van Dyke has confessed that he is looking forward to playing at Ibrooks for the first time in the Group A rematch with Van Bronckhorst's side in Govan next Wednesday night. The Dutch defender only featured in one Old Firm match during his two years in Scotland, a League Cup semi-final at Hamden, which Ronnie Delia's side won 2 nothing, due to Rangers being in the lower leagues. And he said, I never played at Ibrooks during my time in Scotland, but going back to Scotland I have great memories there. I had two seasons there and loved my time there. It will be good to be back there, but the focus will be on winning the game and playing a good game. They will have the fans, so it will make a big difference, especially at the beginning of the game. I don't think Napoli scored until the 55th minute, so that shows you something. It's going to be tough, especially in the beginning, but it's also a game we should look forward to after this weekend. Report by Matthew Lindsay Evening Time Sport, October 6 Greg Taylor says, We're not here for a wee pat on the back. Report by Graeme McGarry Greg Taylor says that only wins will prove that Celtic belong at Champions League level, as the fullback admitted that good performances mean nothing to him without the points to show for their efforts. Taylor was hugely frustrated once again, as Celtic lost out to RB Leipzig despite more than holding their own for large spells of the game in Germany, and says that the players must heed the lessons of their opening three matches quickly if they are to give themselves a chance of progression to the knockout stages of the competition. Said Taylor, We are not here to give ourselves a wee pat on the back. We are here to compete and get points. We need to show that a club this size belongs, and it does. We need to do that quickly, and no sooner than Tuesday night when Leipzig visits Celtic Park. I have said all along that we want to show we can belong at this level. We have not done that so far, maybe in dribs and drabs, but realistically that's not good enough. So we need to do that for a whole collective not just the performance, but get the result to match it. When we stick to our beliefs, we are a good side. We showed that again at points, but I'm reluctant to say that that's good enough, because it's not. We are a club that has to be winning, regardless of the level, and we want to rectify that on Saturday, and then move on to Tuesday. It's the biggest level, isn't it? It's the best competition in the world. We knew that going into the game, and it was no different tonight. They had top quality players, but so do we. We showed in moments that we have them, but on the night they showed theirs more than ours. Report by Graeme McGarry
Evening Times Sport, October 6. How European media reacted to Celtic's Leipzig defeat. Report by Ewan Payton. Celtic were humbled by RB Leipzig in Germany in the Champions League last night. The game finished 3-1 in the Bundesliga side's favour. Joe Hart did not enjoy his best game in a hoop shirt as he made a big error that directly led to Leipzig's second of the evening. And the reaction from the European media towards some of Celtic defending has not been overly kind. Local media outlet Leipziger Volkszeitung accused the Scottish champions of giving Leipzig presents. Columnist Guido Schaefer joked, Is it Christmas already? Bild felt that Celtic failed to capitalise on their own attacks, which ultimately came back to bite them and said, In a very entertaining and attacking game, the Red Bulls made it 1-0 through Nakunku, who previously had a goal disallowed in the 18th minute. Celtic gave the enthusiastic Red Bulls too much space for quick counter-attacks and transition moments. The second half began with the surprising equaliser by Jota, also by a counter-attack. Things got wild around the hour mark. First, Leipzig scored another disallowed goal before Andre Silva put them in front three minutes later. French outlet L'Equipe were very critical over Hart mistake. They wrote, The dumpling of the former England goalkeeper gave wings to RB Leipzig. Andre Silva got himself a double, assisted by former Parisian Nakunku. German paper Die Welt also touched upon Hart's error, but also branded Leipzig's Timo Werner as hapless. Report by Ewan Payton. Evening Times Sport, October 6. Neil Lennon ahead of a clash with Manchester United. Report by Ewan Payton. Celtic hero Neil Lennon has quipped that none of his players will get a hold of Cristiano Ronaldo's shirt tonight because he's got first call. Lennon's Omonia Nicosia take on Manchester United on match day three of the Europa League group stages this evening. The game which will take place in Cyprus will be a huge deal for everyone in the city, says Lennon. The former Celtic and Hibs boss is excited to take on the global giants as part of their European journey, describing their section, also consisting of Real Sociedad and Sheriff Tiraspol, as a Champions League group. Appearing on TalkSport to preview the game, Lennon reflected on his time on the continent so far. Gabi Agbonlahor asked how important it would be to keep his players focused on the task at hand and not allowing them to be distracted by United's various star names. Lennon had the perfect response. He said, 
We've got to play the game and not the occasion. Some of the players here, particularly the separate boys, are Manchester United fans. You don't want them to be starstruck in the channel and then losing total focus. We'll try to play that down as much as possible. I'm a bit old-fashioned with swapping shirts at half-time and all that sort of baloney. I've already put in three orders for Ronaldo's shirt. To be honest, I really hope he does play because he's one of the greatest ever. I'd love to see him play live one more time. I might not get the opportunity for too much longer with being out here. It's going to be fantastic. All of our prep work is done. The players know the enormity of the game, but they also know that there's no pressure on them and they've got to go and express themselves. It's beautiful. I've really enjoyed my experience here. To get into the Europa League was a big moment for us. The draw against United, Sociedad and Sheriff was like a Champions League draw for us. The city has been rocking. The interest has gone through the roof. With it being Manchester United tonight, it means so much. Football is the number one sport here by a mile. They're so passionate about it. You get all the British games here. There's a massive following for United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham and Arsenal. For United to come here, it's huge. We could have sold the stadium out three or four times, no problem. Tactically, the Cypriots have improved a lot, so the league is quite competitive. It's not like every other major league where only two teams can win it. There's four or five teams who could here. We've got a team full of internationals with Brazilians, Hungarians and others who have played against England. They're not going to be phased. We are playing Manchester United though. I know they're off the back of a heavy defeat at the weekend, but they've still got world-class players. We're going to have to be at our best. We need to get something out of the game to give us a foothold in the group. Report by Ewan Payton. Evening Times Sport, October 6th. Postikoglu dismisses notion of Joe Hart apology. Report by Aidan MacDonald. Celtic manager Ange Postikoglu has dismissed the notion of Joe Hart having to apologise for his mistake against RB Leipzig. The Englishman passed the ball straight to Dominic Zobosli, who fed Andre Silva for the goal that put the Bundesliga side back in front before the forward then added another to end the match 3-1. After the game, the former Manchester City man held up his hands and took responsibility for the error. However, the Hoops boss was keen to stress that the defeat was not down solely to the goalkeeper and he was not expecting an apology to the team. He said, that's not the way football works, mate. At this level, if you play for survival, that's all you ever get. You never really get anywhere. It's not about the mistake, it's about before then. 
We had a lot of the ball, and we were just passing it back to him for no reason. You are doing what you think is safe, but it's not really what we are. I just felt it was creeping in before that. After we scored, we wanted to settle for that and started passing the ball back to him. It's about what is the lead up to the mistake. Are we playing our football? Are we showing the same sort of endeavour we were before? I could see it coming. If it wasn't Joe making the mistake, it would have been someone else. Report by Aidan MacDonald Evening Times Sport, October 6 Starfelt makes London specialist trip Report by David Irvin Carol Starfelt reportedly visited a specialist in London this week for advice on his Celtic injury comeback. The centre-back has been out and struggling with injury since being forced off against Rangers in September. And now the Scottish Sun claims Starfelt has headed down south to see a specialist for detailed advice on his comeback timeline. It is claimed Celtic are hopeful of a return within two or three weeks, but are waiting on a report from the specialist over a timeline. Starfelt had missed the opening two Scottish Premiership matches with a hamstring problem before picking up the knee injury against Rangers. Postecoglou has been without both Starfelt and Cameron Carter-Vickers in recent weeks, with the United States International also sidelined for a period. On Carter-Vickers' injury comeback, Postecoglou commented, he'll have a session tomorrow away from the main group. Hopefully he's not too far away. Report by David Irvin Evening Times Sport October 7 Rangers youngster a target for Arsenal Report by Ewan Payton Arsenal are reportedly leading the race to sign Rangers academy kid Jack Wiley. It's been said that the Premier League giants have been watching the 15-year-old for several months. The Daily Record report that the Gunners sent Chief Youth Scout Lee Heron to watch Wiley while he was on Scotland under-16 action in Spain last month. As he's under-16, Wiley cannot sign professional terms until his birthday, which is in January. And this report states that Ibrox Chiefs are now concerned that they will lose one of their best youth talents for peanuts. Clubs in England have become increasingly keen on landing youth stars north of the border due to ongoing uncertainty over securing non-EU stars in the wake of Brexit. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport October 7 Postecoglou confirms McGregor injury not short term Report by Ewan Payton Ange Postecoglou has confirmed that Celtic captain Callum McGregor faces a spell on the sidelines. The Hoops skipper suffered a knee injury against RB Leipzig on Wednesday night. 
The Scotland international came off worst after a tackle in the lead-up to Leipzig's second goal of the evening. There were serious worries about the extent of the injury. Now it has been revealed that the recovery period is not short-term. Postikoglu told Sky Sports, He's off to see a specialist this morning. For him to come off against RB Leipzig, it's fairly significant. Timeline-wise, we'll find out today. It's obviously not short-term, but we hope it's not too long-term. He's a fantastic player, and beyond that, it's his influence on and off the field as a leader. There's not one person that can replace that. It will be a case of the other guys stepping up and filling the breach. We missed him for a few games last year, and it's just stuff we have got to cope with. Obviously, he is disappointed, because he's such a big part of how we play our football, and what we've created here, so I know he'll be working hard, whatever the timeline, to get back. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport October 7 Victor Wanyama available as Celtic put on alert. Report by Mark Walker Celtic have been put on alert after former midfielder Victor Wanyama revealed he is set to leave his club in Canada at the end of their season next month. The 31-year-old former Tottenham and Southampton midfielder signed for Montreal Impact two years ago despite interest from Celtic to try and re-sign their former player. Kenyan international midfielder Wanyama spent two years at Parkhead before moving to Southampton nine years ago in a £12.5 million deal. He later moved to Spurs for £11 million. He switched to the MLS on a free transfer and signed for Montreal who were then managed by Arsenal legend Thierry Henry. But he has announced he will quit the club when the season ends in November and will explore a new challenge. Wanyama said, The truth is that at the end of the season I will leave. I had great years here. I enjoyed being part of the team. It's been good. At the end of the season I will be free to leave. But as long as I am here, I will remain focused and make sure that we finish well, and from there I will have a chance to say goodbye. Wanyama revealed last year why a dream return to Celtic did not happen. He explained, I had a contract at Tottenham, and they made it very difficult to let me go. The demands were very hard. Celtic are a club that I would love to play for again. It's more than a club. I enjoyed my time there. There was a lone approach, but I don't know what happened. I didn't follow it up that much. I still love that club. It's in my heart. I honestly want to come back and give it a last go because I love the club, the people there, the fans. Just everything there was great. Report by Mark Walker Evening Times Sport, October 7 Gutted Neil Lennon delivers telling regret verdict Report by David Irvin 
Neil Lennon offered a telling Omonia Nicosia assessment as he suggested some of his players will have regrets despite a superb showing against Manchester United. The former Celtic boss came close to masterminding another European upset as his Cypriot club raced into a lead against the Premier League giants. But it wasn't to be with Marcus Rashford and Anthony Marshall netting in a 3-2 win for the Old Trafford club. Lennon was pleased to run Manchester United close as he conceded the Premier League side were deserved winners after an early scare. Said Lennon after the narrow Europa League defeat, to score two goals against them is probably more than I could have imagined. I don't think until we scored that we believed in ourselves and then it gave us something to hold on to. They got two quick-fire goals, but we had chances at 2-1 to get level, but the third goal killed us. But on the balance of play, United thoroughly deserved the win. It's a hell of a long shot to get something out of the game, but we will go there and give everything we've got. It was a big night for us and some of the players stood up really well. While Lennon admitted the performance perhaps exceeded his expectations, he suggested some of his players would have regrets over their performance. The former Parkhead boss cited a lapse in defending to allow United's second goal and highlighted a major chance missed by Bruno Felipe. Asked if his side will have any regrets, Lennon said, I think some of them will. I think some of them will definitely. The second goal, we were too open from right centre half to middle centre half and that was at a crucial point of the game. And then Bruno misses a great chance with a lob to get us back in it. When you're feeding off scraps, at times you've got to make them count. The gulf between the two teams is huge, and we know that, but we made a game of it, and to get two goals is fantastic. Report by David Irvin Evening Time Sport, October 7 Moritz Jens calls on Celtic to have courage at Champions League level. Report by Graeme McGarry Maurice Jens says that Celtic must be courageous and stick with their style of play, despite the error from Joe Hart that proved so costly in their defeat to RB Leipzig, saying it is Ange Postecoglou's principles that makes them the team they are. Hart was the fall guy for Celtic in Germany, as he attempted a pass to Greg Taylor and it was cut out by RB Leipzig's Zobosley with the scores tied at 1-1 in the second half, allowing him to tee up Andre Silva to put the hosts on the path to three crucial points in Champions League Group F. But Jens is steadfast in his belief that continuing to play the Postecoglou way is the best path towards success at the top level of the game. Said Jens, it's the way we want to play. We want to play brave football and be exciting. Sometimes things are going to happen in these moments like they did against Leipzig. 
but you have to have the courage to play these passes in these situations. Unfortunately, there was one like that, but we are going to play like it in the next game, then the next game, and every game like that until the end of the season. That's how we play. At the end, it was, of course, not the result that we wanted. We were in the game in the first half. It was very end-to-end, -end, and there were chances, and big chances. We needed to take them early, because then the game may have been a different result. But they scored the second goal when we tried to play out and be risky, and then they got the third one after that. We just have to move on. We have to think about the next match and keep working hard. We will continue at home for the next game against St Johnston and then be ready for the next Champions League game at home at Celtic Park. Report by Graeme Magari. Evening Times Sport, October 7. Scotland women earn World Cup second round playoff. Report by Alan Campbell. A goal for substitute Abby Harrison, two minutes into extra time, brought joy for the 10,182 fans who had turned up on a wet and windy night at Hamden. It was a record for a competitive women's match in Scotland, and the goal delivered a second-round playoff game against the Republic of Ireland at Hamden on Tuesday. Austria, who had come into the game as favourites after reaching the quarter-finals of the Euros in England, are eliminated and must wait another four years for the chance to qualify for their first World Cup. Despite saying before the match that he was comfortable about Jen Beattie not coming off the bench in Arsenal's four games so far this season, Pedro Martinez Losa opted for Sophie Howard alongside Rachel Corsi. Born and brought up in Germany, she was with Hoffenheim for three years at the same time as Austria's top scorer, Nicole Buller. West Ham's Lisa Evans and Rangers' Sam Kerr, who were both unavailable for last month's double header against Netherlands and the Faroe Islands, returned to the side at right back in midfield. Austria were along familiar lines with Billa, who was overall joint third top scorer in group qualifying with 13 goals leading the attack. The visitors, who finished second to England in their qualifying group, went straight on to the attack on a foul night in Glasgow. A second corner in quick succession led to a Verena Hanshaw shot, which Lee Gibson caught just under the bar. Scotland, with Caroline Weir and Erin Cuthbert prominent, started to assert themselves and had two half chances as they took the game to the Austrians. A long ball from Kerr was just inches too far in front of Martha Thomas, allowing Arsenal goalkeeper Manuela Zinberger to cut out the danger. The home side came closer from a corner after 15 minutes. It was taken by Cuthbert and a headed clearance fell to Weir 
who took the ball down and sent in a lob, which was held by Zinsberger. Villa, who had seen little of the ball since her side's opening flurry, was denied by Gibson's alertness midway through the half, but it followed an Austrian breakaway as Scotland took a grip on the tie. They came closest to a goal when Kerr sent in a low cross from the right, but clear Emsley's attempt at a spectacular volley was thwarted by a good block. Austria left-back Hanshaw, who was taking her side's corners on the right, almost caught out the Scotland defence with an in-swinging corner, which was aided by the strong wind, but Howard headed the ball off the line. That was followed by another Austrian effort, with Julia Hickelsberger's shot clipping the top of the bar near the end of the half. Martinez Losa brought on Rosengard's Fiona Brown for Lana Cleland at the start of the second half, and the winger was involved in the move which led to Evans testing Zinsberger with another wind-assisted shot. The visitor's goalkeeper then dropped across from Emsley, but gathered before Thomas could take advantage. Left-back Nicola Doherty collected the first yellow card of the night for a foul on Hickelsberger, and from the free kick it was again Hanshaw who came close to breaking the deadlock. Gibson stretched to catch the ball in the top far corner and did just enough to prevent Austria taking advantage. Hanshaw, who plays for Eintracht Frankfurt, yet again proved to the visitors most dangerous player with a shot which went just wide of Gibson's left-hand post. At the other end, Brown got her head on an Emsley cross, but her effort was wide of the target. With both sides searching for the goal which would prevent extra time, Weir drove forward in midfield, but with Emsley and substitute Abby Harrison on either side of her, opted for a low shot which was wide of the target. Villa's surprisingly quiet night ended when she was substituted with seven minutes remaining, and the player who replaced her, Katia Wienrother, should have done better when she managed to find space in the Scotland box. Instead of finding the target, she shot tamely wide. Austria's top scorer must have again watched in frustration as another chance denied to her was again squandered by the substitute. Scotland pressed hard for the winner in the four minutes of time added on, winning three corners, but they produced nothing to test Zinsberger. The goal the game had been shouting out for arrived in the second minute of extra time. Cuthbert, who had needed treatment for a head knock late in the second half, took a corner on the left and Harrison met it with a powerful far-post header to finally break the deadlock. Scotland, with the wind at their backs, literally and metaphorically, nearly added a second when Austrian captain Karina Weninger nearly deflected Cuthbert's shot into her own net. Report by Alan Campbell Evening Times Sport, October 7 Van Bronckhorst Rangers Challenge 
in keeping strikers happy. Report by Ewan Payton. Kenny Miller insists it is imperative that Van Bronckhorst manages to keep both Alfredo Morelos and Antonio Cholak happy at Ibrooks. Both have been in and out of the team in recent weeks, like passing ships with one getting the opportunity while the other sits on the bench. Cholak appears to be Van Bronckhorst's pick for domestic games, with the Croatian making a stunning start to the campaign with 11 goals so far. Meanwhile, Morelos was given the nod to start against Liverpool during the week. Former Ibrox hero Miller reckons neither man will be happy at watching from the sidelines. The former Scotland international says it's up to the manager to find a formula to keep both content. Miller told the Go Radio football show, Going into the first game against Liverpool, I felt it was the right call. I am not saying that Alfredo did anything wrong, but it's a big call to leave Cholak out. He just seems to have a knack at the moment of finding himself in the right position. He's in some incredible form domestically. If Cholak plays on Saturday, Alfredo will play on Wednesday. I don't think it's for the recovery. I just think Giovanni has a big job to keep these two guys relatively happy. Cholak will want to play in the Champions League. That is why he has come to the club. He is scoring goals at an incredible rate at the moment and is going to be in a good place. Alfredo is getting back to fitness, but he has to understand he has competition for his jersey. At the moment, they seem okay with how they were playing, but I don't think going forward, they will be too happy dipping in and dipping out. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport, October 10 Ibrooks and Parkhead both eclipse Anfield Report by Matthew Lindsay When Celtic fell seven points behind Rangers in the Singe Premiership after being held to a 1-1 draw by Dundee United at home last September, a fair few fans and commentators declared the title race was as good as over. Their manager Ange Postikoglu did not share their pessimistic outlook. And he said, it's a weird league. You call things early here, don't you? It's quite remarkable that seven games in, people are calling the title already. The Greek-Australian was correct to be relaxed about his team's form and league position at that early stage in the 21-22 campaign. That game was the first in a 32-match unbeaten run. His charges were crowned champions the following May. Can Celtic recover from the 3-1 defeat they suffered to RB Leipzig in their third Champions League group game in Germany on Wednesday and silence their doubters in similar fashion in the coming weeks? Can they haul themselves off bottom spot in their section, finish in the top two and go through to the knockout rounds for the fourth time in their history? Can they even do well enough to secure third and a place in the Europa League?
it will be far harder for them than turning things around in the Premiership, given the quality of the teams they are in Group F alongside. Leipzig, Real Madrid and Shakhtar Donetsk are altogether tougher opponents than Dundee, St Johnston and Motherwell. But they have shown enough in their opening three fixtures, despite only having a point to show for their efforts, to suggest they can rally. Plus they have two games at Parkhead coming up this month. So is it too soon to write them off? The same goes for Rangers. Their city rivals have had a wretched time of it since beating PSV Eindhoven in the second leg of the playoff in the Netherlands back in August to book their place in the tournament proper for the first time since 2010. After their opening three Group A games, they have, like Norway in the Eurovision Song Contest, null points. They have conceded nine goals and failed to score once. There will need to be a vast improvement in every area of the field in their remaining encounters with Liverpool and Ajax at home and Napoli away if they are to avoid suffering six losses. That could easily happen if no upturn is forthcoming. Bayer Leverkusen, Benfico, Dynamo Kiev, Marseille and Villarreal, among many others, have all been whitewashed in the past. Giovanni van Bronckhorst's side, though, play their next two games at Ibrox, having tens of thousands of their supporters roaring them on, should have a positive impact on their performances. It did against Borussia Dortmund, Red Star Belgrade, Braga and Leipzig during their run to the Europa League final last term. It did when they took on Napoli last month, despite the defeat, ultimately, when they were reduced to 10 men. It was enjoyable to travel to Merseyside this week and cover a game at Anfield for the first time. It was impossible not to be impressed with the quality of the host players and play, but the noise and intensity of the crowd disappointed a little. The one-sided nature of the encounter was partially responsible for that. An evenly matched contest would have brought out the best in the home support. Still, unlike Ibrox or Parkhead, would have been so subdued during a battle of Britain. Scottish sides may struggle to compete with foreign opponents from larger football nations because their inferior broadcasting deal means they are unable to spend tens of millions of pounds on new signings. There are few stadiums down south or on the continent, however, which can match the atmosphere that is generated inside their grounds on big European nights. Borna Bausic, the Rangers and Croatia left-back, is well-travelled at both club and international level and firmly believes that Ibrox is up there with any arena he has played in. He is optimistic that returning there next Wednesday night will spark a turnaround.
When we play at home, it will be a little bit easier for us, he said. I thought Anfield had a good atmosphere, but for me, Ibrox is the best still. It is 12 long years since Rangers last won a Champions League group game at Ibrox. They beat Bursa Spor in 2010. And nine years since Celtic triumphed, they beat Ajax 2-1 back in 2013. So Ibrox and Parkhead can hardly be described as impenetrable fortresses. Still, they are intimidating venues. Both Glasgow clubs have claimed some notable scalps on their own turf in the Champions League group stages over the years. AC Milan, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Benfica, Inter Milan, Juventus, Lyon, Manchester City, Manchester United, Porto, PSV, Eindhoven, Shakhtar, Valencia and VFB Stuttgart have all either been beaten or held to draws. Do the riches on offer in other European leagues mean they can no longer compete in the Champions League? Celtic's games against RB Leipzig and Shakhtar Donetsk in the East End and Rangers matches with Liverpool and the Ajax in Govan will show, says Matthew Lindsay. Evening Time Sport, October 10. VAR set to be introduced in Scottish football this month. Report by David Irvin. Plans for the introduction of VAR in Scottish football this month are being finalised, according to reports. It is claimed the refereeing system could even come into force within the next two weeks if teething problems can be fixed. The Daily Mail report that the tentative plans for the system to be operational for the match between Hibs and St Johnson on October 21 will likely be pushed back by around a week. However, the report claims training and trials have been completed with the suggestion the Scottish FA will deliver an update on the implementation of the technology in a press conference this week. It is thought the technology has been trialled during matches this season. Former Category 1 referee Des Roach told the Get Involved Referee podcast they have been dry running it, which is the correct thing to do. And if it is ready, why wait until after the World Cup? Let's go now. It's not often we say well done to the SFA, but... If they have everything in place now, that's good. Report by David Irvin. And that was this week's Glasgow Times Sport podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening. <laughs>